And then my first breathwork session too was where she, she came through with just all these messages for my mother, like for me to pass on to my mom. Um, and one interesting tidbit around that, because I think this is so relevant for like, like our culture, I feel like a lot of people will relate to this. Yeah. Her message that she really wanted me to pass on was like, tell your mom that, um, that I'm sorry that the only way I knew how to love her was to criticize her. Oh. And I was like, oh, like, <laughs> I know I'm getting really emotional now. Hi, I'm Jamie Shujin, host of Arriving Here. I am a deep practitioner, explorer, and student of life. I enjoy observing and studying all the different ways our lives shape who we are, what informs our behaviors and choices, and most importantly, uncovering the underlying thread that connects it all. I am a firm believer that while life is continually communicating with us in support of our continual involvement, it is up to us to not only be open to translate life's cues and nudges, but to have the courage and presence of mind to follow through with them. We have chosen to grace this heightened time of accelerated change on the planet with our presence because there is much to move through, grow from and accept both individually and collectively. In this podcast, I will be sharing inspiring stories of transformation, thought-provoking conversations, earth-shattering breakthroughs, as well as profoundly moving experiences that have touched me deeply. Through this word exchange, I hope to initiate and catalyze a different line of inquiry into your everyday as you deepen in your journey back to yourself, to one filled with trust, possibility, and integrity. Here's to your arrival. Welcome home and enjoy the show. Hello everybody, welcome back. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope you are well. That post Leo full moon on the weekend, wow, that left such an impact on me. I mean, it lit such a fire under me on the creativity front. I haven't quite felt anything like that for quite a while. For those who understand astrology, I have both my Venus and Midheaven in Leo, so that could be why. Anyway, it was beautiful to mark and honor that full moon in the final class of presence. If this is the first time you are hearing about presence, it's a four class series combining wisdom from the Akashic records together with Kundalini Yoga Kriya, meditation, mantra, guided journeys and deep rest all of my favorite things presence was actually inspired by this podcast arriving here I wanted to create a solid container for us to breathe move and get an experience of what it feels like to arrive not just arrive in our bodies but also arrive in our empowerment so yeah that closed the second live run of presence and with this all of this fire that that series is going through a complete renewal and rebirth so i am creating something completely something that i you know what has been orbiting my field 
for quite a number of years now. I have the name, I have the foundation of it, which is centered around the four elements. And all of the pieces have just come together so seamlessly after I shared that this series is going to go through a rebirth. I thought I'll give myself two weeks to, you know, piece together all the all the different arms and legs, but you know, within two hours in typical manifesto fashion, in two hours I like wrote the whole program and just went, wow, oh my God, everything that I have been talking about and ideating and visioning over the last maybe like three years has just come to fruition. And it's it's potent. It's beautiful. I'm not gonna say too much more. Stay tuned for that. Yes, so I have decided to bundle up the classes from both series, series one and series two, and offer them at a very accessible price of $33. The first series is centered around alchemizing change. That's a really deep and beautiful series that invites us to come within and to find stillness, to find safety and stability and peace in stillness rather than running away from it and avoiding it, which, you know, sometimes when we are so driven in the go, go, go and the do, 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 um, we need to attune ourselves and balance the, the scales a little by coming back into find that calm within and find your center, your inner center in amongst everything that is happening outside and all around us, which is a lot. The second series, so the first series, you get four videos of the classes. They're 90 minutes each together with a written Akashic reading uh, in a PDF that you can download that supports each class. And yeah, that's a really beautiful little package. The second one that I've just finished the live runoff is centered around building trust and opening to possibility. And boy, it's a time that we need to build trust within ourselves and find that nervous system balance and to also at the same time open and expand ourselves in a sustainable way to possibility because there is so much more. There is so much more that we can assimilate. There is so much more that we can ask for and experience, especially in, in, in this time, in this current phase or cycle of, of you know, insane amounts of change. So change, uncertainty, unknowns. So that series, I really like that series because I opened Akashic Records for the group and it doesn't matter, it, it applies to anyone and everyone um, because time doesn't, you know, it's not linear when we're working on such a, a um, galactic plane with the Akashic Records. Um, and I guide you to receive your messages through your own records. So that's, that's yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful one because the information that you can gain from there is unlimited. And each time you revisit it, you're going to receive something different. 
So with these class bundles, series one and series two, um, you will have access, lifetime access to return to the practice at any point, any time you need. And if you, it's available to everyone, everywhere, you don't have to have experience in yoga or meditation or mantras or even the Akashic records. If you feel drawn to it, trust your body, trust your guidance. Um, all the links are in the show notes. This full moon is also extra special for me, for the podcast actually, because it was birthed six months ago on the new moon, on the weekend of the new moon in Leo. The 20, I think it was like the 28th or the 29th of July, where I wrote the intro and recorded the first episode and launched it on Singapore, my birth country's national day on the 9th of August. Singapore, Singapura means lion city. So you can see some kind of theme here. The lion is definitely the mascot for arriving here with fierce courage and the warrior spirit, which actually leads so beautifully into the today's episode. So it's been a journey in the last six months. Um, podcasting has grown me in so many ways that, that I can't even list out, I can't even describe. It, it's still challenging for me in many ways, but, but I'm here for it. My warrior spirit is here for it. I will challenge the challenge. I will not be challenged by the challenge. So I'll keep showing up and bring you all along the journey as I grow. <laughs> so today's episode is one that is really near and dear to my heart. I am so honored to open this conversation with Ruby to sit down as two Asian women, healers, trailblazers, pattern breakers and leaders both within our lives, our own lives, within our families, within the industry in having the fierce courage to confront our cultural heritage and how it means and what it means, exploring our gifts within it. And it's been a dream of mine to bring on more Asian women specifically to share their craft, their homecoming, and to give voice to their stories. This episode being the first of many conversations to be had is extra special to me. Ruby shares her story so openly, vulnerably and beautifully. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Ruby. Enjoy. Today I have a really beautiful guest on the show with me. Her name is Ruby Shang Nichols and it's so it's such an honor to sit here with you and to share this conversation. Um, I'll share quickly how we met. We met, we bought and went through the Akashic Record course together with Ashley Wood. And back before I was doing some practice readings, I think it was the Lionsgate portal on the 8th of August last year, I put up a um, a post saying, you know, I would love to give four readings and you put your hand up and I read your records. I think you were like the third person ever that I've read for. And it was such a powerful, 
such a powerful reading. I can still remember the the visions that came through. Um, yeah, and then we connected over on Instagram and I've been hearing the message. I was like, connect with Ruby, connect with Ruby. I'm like, collaborate with Ruby. And and then so here we are and welcome Ruby. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I feel like, yeah, we've been kind of one of those like long time social media, Instagram friends, just like watching each other constantly, (laughs) like fans from afar. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely still remember my Akashic reading with you it was just so powerful. I was like blown away and, um, yeah, something I had, I remember having a strong pull, like when you put the offer out there that I was like, I have to get, I have to get a reading from her. <laughs> um, and yeah, and here we are. So yes. Do you want to tell us what you do in a nutshell? Yeah, so I am Ruby. I am an Akashic Records channel, intuitive guide. I don't really know spiritual mentor. I've sort of like tried on all these different <laughs> terms for size. But um, yeah, I really, you know, I love reading the Akashic Records for others. So I definitely offer that. And then I, this, you know, this past year started stepping in deeper into like, how can I really support people in deeper ways? Um so now I guess, yeah, I, I kind of offer like intuitive guidance, spiritual mentorship, I'd say, um, you know, through working with clients one-on-one, but also um, most recently through my first big group program that's been super fun and exciting. It's called Remember Who the Fuck You Are. <laughs> and I just combine a lot of these different modalities and stuff that I've personally, you know, used and benefited from in the last like six and a half years of this deep deep excavation and self-healing journey that I know we'll get into <laughs> both of our stories. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a blast and I feel like I'm just getting started. So we'll see where this goes. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I know in, in, in this stage of 2022 and other timelines, there are yeah. so many, so many things that are getting excavated and and so much is being revealed within our own personal lives and also within the collective, within our clients, within our families, within our friends. Um, Do you want to share a little bit about your heritage? Yeah. So gosh, I'm like, big question. Where to begin with that? Um, (laughs) You know, this is a big part, like um, when Jamie and I first connected. So after she got that hit of like collaborate with Ruby and we, and she reached out, which I'm so happy she did, but I feel like we both were kind of just like felt this giddy excitement about just, just, I don't know, like working together in some way, but we both had no idea what this looks like. Um, But then in our conversation, which we kind of just let it free flow, um, we realized like, duh, obviously like being Asian and, <laughs> um, you know, it's been such a journey for us. Like, so I'm Chinese, um, I guess, technically Shanghainese, if you look at the lineage and like wow. where my dad's, um, bloodline and everything is from, we're technically Shanghainese. Um, and it's so, okay. I'm noticing, I'm having awareness about this right now, as I'm talking about it, that like part of me feels a little embarrassed at feeling like I should know more (laughs) Mm -hmm. about my own heritage. Like when you ask me this question, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, I don't know if it's almost because living in America. So I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. Um, So, you know, in many, I'm equally American through and through too. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, as much as I am Chinese. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if like, that's also just a product of being born and raised here and growing up in, in, in a way not being asked this question that much, to be honest. Like, I don't even think <laughs> I'm noticing right now as you asked, I'm like, wow, it's so rare that someone has just asked me to like openly speak about my heritage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's kind of wild that we're not, that's not the first thing we get taught in yeah. in school, in, in our lives, you know, even before we go to school, it's like, this is, this is who you are and this is your family lineage. And these, these are the gifts and these are the challenges and yeah. these, you know, this is what you have chosen to be born into. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. And I, I definitely have learned, I had some deep karma around like, just this culture, Asian culture, and like many past lives in this culture. Um, maybe we'll get into it more, but what what just came up now is like, I'm just remembering now that the very, very first Akashic reading I ever received before I even knew what it was, by the way, wow. <laughs> I was like working with a mentor and she, you know, she explained it and all, but at the time I still was like, I don't know what this is, whatever, I'm open to it. Um, but instantly the very first thing that came through was a past life um as a concubine like in Asia and just and that has been such a through line of like so much of what I'm feeling in this lifetime um and when she explained that it was not a pleasant lifetime I will say that wow. <laughs> it's definitely traumatic in many ways and as soon as she said it I was just like it makes it makes so much sense wow. I was like everything makes sense because I feel like I was born into this world and I could never explain it. I was like, it doesn't make sense why I'm so passionate or why I feel so strongly, like really strong emotions come up as though I experienced it in this lifetime, but I know I didn't. Like yeah. things around, you know, being a woman, <laughs> um, no. especially being an Asian woman. And now when she said that, when that came up, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's like wow. things in our culture. Yeah. Do you want to speak more about that in, um, in terms of when you had that awareness of, of, you know, womanhood and, and, you know, well, in, in, in your upbringing and in school even, or, or maybe yeah. in your adult life? Yeah. I mean, it's honestly been through my entire life. It's a big, it is a big thing that I'm working through and I, that I know that I'm healing through yeah. in this lifetime because I couldn't explain it either, but I realized at one point I was like, um, wow, I realized my entire life, like I have memories of this since I was a kid, like little, that I really believed that I must have done something bad in a previous lifetime to have been born a woman. Wow. Like that's like I literally felt like it's a punishment. Like I'm being punished. And I felt that way since I was born. Like, oh shit. Like I'm a woman in this lifetime. Like, fuck. Like this must, this is bad, you know, isn't that, and I didn't know, like, it's so strong. Right. And it doesn't make any sense because I will say in this lifetime, I've been lucky, knock on wood, you know, beyond what every woman, unfortunately experiences, of course, yes, I've experienced things, but nothing major, you know, I haven't experienced like major abuse or major anything like that, but I'm the rage that I feel inside. And all of these things is as if I have, <laughs> um, yeah. And so it makes sense that I've definitely experienced things in past lives. And I didn't know that that wasn't like a normal common feeling or belief until I think I said it out loud one day to someone. And it's true. Everybody I say it to is like blown away because they're just like, damn, like that's, I said it to my mom once. And I was like, 
you don't feel that way. And she was just like, that's like never really crossed my mind. I've never really had a thought like that. Um, and I was like, oh, that's not normal. Like I just thought, <laughs> you know, I was like, I thought every woman felt that way. Like, how is it not a punishment? And I think it's because I was born like kind of with such a lopsided lens or like point of view on just, just seeing all these things as like quote shortcomings of being a woman. And I think I came in with like, I have really big energy. I am very ambitious. I, you know, I'm like ambitious to the core. I'm a Capricorn son. Like, <laughs> um, you know, I had like big dreams, big goals. I came in here and like, let's do some shit. I'm ready. <laughs> like, and I was just a big personality and very like self-possessed, very, you know, confident, like all these things that are traditionally um, seen as great traits for men. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's like all these things that everybody wants men to have, but not a woman, you know? And so my whole life, I think I grew up feeling always like, well, you're too much. You want too much. You need to be quieter. Why do you, why are you so ambitious? Why are you so outspoken? Why just like, just like be smaller, <laughs> you know, just shrink yourself, shrink yourself. Um, and so, yeah, that's a big, and, and I think I harbored a lot of like anger um, and resentment around that my whole life just like, because I was just like, well, I just, I just want to be myself. And it's seemingly against everything that a good Asian girl, or, you know, a good Asian woman is supposed to be. Yeah. Where, where do you think that belief stemmed from? Because, and I'm asking this because I didn't grow up in Australia. I grew up in Singapore um, mm -hmm. for 16 and a half years. And I've been, I would have in January, 2023, I would have been in Australia for 20 years, so more than half my life now. And a lot of, you know, my story has been, oh, because I grew up in that environment and that family. So it's very interesting for me to hear that from you because you were born and raised in a predominantly Western world, a Western yeah. environment and Western culture. So, right. so, so, yeah, I'm very curious mm. to hear more about that, yeah. the, the part about being outspoken, because I look at, you know, the greater America, I'm like, everyone's so eloquent and so outspoken. I'm like, wow. <laughs> That's so interesting. I know this is such another like interesting perspective and lens, you know, that you have as being Australian and like, I'm very American. Um, I, I mean, I think that just contributes though to like the confusion and the identity crisis growing up because you literally have half the people <laughs> you know, the environment you're, you're growing up in, going to school and like encouraging that in a way. Yeah. Um, right. Like being self-possessed and individualistic and outspoken and ambitious. And then, I mean, obviously I know where all the other stuff came from. It's cultural, you know, like the yes. other beliefs about like, and it's ancestral, like it's, you know, it's not just, it's not like my mom and dad just like came up with that on their own. This is like passed down from yeah. so many years ago, it's, you know, it's in our blood, it's in our cells, like in our DNA. Um, and, you know, the one quick side note, I'd say too, is like, yes, even though in America, we are generally encouraged to be those things like outspoken and ambitious and stuff, there's still a, a to an, there's still like the to an extent for a woman. <laughs> It's still mm -hmm. different. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. still like, um, oh yeah, be that, but not too much. Like the the overall message is constantly also conflicting and confusing because it's like, yeah, be that, be this, be ambitious, be whatever. Oh, 
but not too much. Oh wait, that's a little, that's a little too much as a woman, you know? Um, so it's just like constant, I think, confusion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you feel like the experience, um, was shaped a certain way for you, not just only being a woman, but also having the, the racial piece intertwined with that? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because those are, those are definitely the two like huge themes that have come up time and time again through this healing journey. Like when I really started doing this inner work and like uncovering the layers, like it's no surprise to me that that was the first thing that was revealed to me was a past life that very much intertwined these roles of like my Asian heritage and culture and being a woman. And like, what do those two things mean? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a deep one. Um, I'm, I'm also curious now. I'm curious to hear from you then, like how, I don't know, like, was your experience very different or how has it been? Um, once again, this, this question, I'm like, where do we begin? How many hours right. have we got? <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but for for me, it wasn't so much with gender grow, growing up. Um, I was the only girl for majority of my upbringing in terms of my cousins. Mm-hmm. And so when I was growing up, I was watching WWF on TV. I was playing soccer. I was, yeah. you know, playing race. I love like racing cars and, you know, computer games. So I did all the quote unquote traditional boy things. I was a big pretty much like dressed like a boy. I think my very (laughs) first like Barbie doll was when I was eight, seven, eight years old. Um, Mm -hmm. that was like my first girly, you know, what whatever that looked like for me as a seven-year-old. My first girly thing was when I was seven. And, you know, as we know with with um neuroscience, et cetera, et cetera, it's like a lot happens between birth and seven. Mm -hmm. And so all of that conditioning, if you like, wasn't very girly at all. At the same time, I would look at mum and mum, she's a Libra son and Mm -hmm. she dressed so beautifully when she, you know, would dress up in her beautiful um, corporate clothes and makeup and, you know, stockings and high heels. So I grew up around that. And so I used to be very envious of that, but there was no real like, you know, there was an element of like, oh, when I grow up, I can't wait to dress like this and wear this jewelry and and have all of these beautiful adornments at the same time the the woman piece the girl piece never really struck me for me it was more um how how come no one can feel and see what I can feel and see Mm. yeah (laughs) that that sensitivity piece that highly intuitive piece that that yeah, that, that piece where it's like, I don't know, I think I just grew up, I was born, I mean, you know, want to speak astrology. Um, I have, I'm like a psychic detector, um, an investigator. Yeah. I pull out, um, um, I think I was speaking with, with, with Dylan yesterday and it's like, I'm a professional shit stirrer. <laughs> what? <laughs> like oh I, I have a detector investigative um thing that I, I, I can detect what's not being spoken. 
And if something is being hidden, something is not being brought to the surface to clear, there is some level of, I don't know, it's like I can see that naturally without trying, without having trained. And and so yeah. that was my little upper limit that I've been fighting against. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, yes, the, with on the cultural piece, there's also that piece of, you know, be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. and yeah. and yeah I also grew up with that don't be don't be so loud mm-hmm. you know you need to act this way otherwise you won't mm-hmm. get married you can't eat like this you can't do this you can't sit like this oh wow yeah 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 and, just like the rigidity so rigid and and I'm still at 36 still still you know reckoning with with that rigidity trying to to break free of that but but that rigidity mm-hmm. Um, definitely, you know, it was a big part of my life. Like girls don't do that. You should be like this. You shouldn't be like this. And there was always that massive comparison piece. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So present, (laughs) ever present, I feel like, um, in our culture, you know, that I'm so curious because you talked about feeling like you were the only one that was so highly sensitive. Did you... Do you know if you have like this healer sort of archetype in your lineage? Like are, do you have sort of ancestors, what relatives who are, who do this work too, or? I know that both in my own studies, um, I know that both my grandma and my dad's side, so my grandma and my dad's side, she basically, um, um, took care of me when I was a little little girl for a lot of the time. Um, she always, there was something about the way she, her hands were really powerful. Mm. Like she was the only person, I think at some in some period of time where she was only her that she could, when she laid her hands on my body, I would go to sleep. But if someone else came in, I would yeah. wake up straight away. I'd know. I'm like, no, that's not mama. Aww. Yeah. Wow. And so she, she's, you know, she was, I guess, the biggest influence. And, and from um, my exploration, my, through, you know, different levels, different types of readings I've received over the years, my grandma on my mum's side who passed away when I was two, so I didn't have a much of a, remembrance of her in this life but I've also learned that she is also quite you know very very intuitive oh, wow. yeah and and you know both both sides have always been very connected with the natural cycles and that's the beauty that that I've only begun to see in the last like seven or eight years that that was it has been I grew up with smudging I grew up with with working with moons with Mm. you know um like in in july i kind of remember like the hungry ghost festival you know following the the eastern calendar the lunar calendar Mm -hmm. um yeah i remember my my mom shared with me that my grandma on my mom's side she was crossing a bridge one day and it was particularly windy and she scolded the wind and the wind slapped her in her face (gasps) and her whole face like literally shifted (laughs) 
Yeah, like what? shift it physically. And, you know, I've shared this with other practitioners and they're like, oh, it sounds like she had a stroke, but it's like, <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Well, wouldn't you have the after effects if you had a stroke? Like, um, I don't know. I, I don't know too much about that story. Um, maybe I should yeah. investigate further. But, but yeah, there was a lot of like, there's a lot of ritual that went into that to wow. to say I'm sorry because you don't you don't you don't you know you need to respect nature. Wow, wow, that blows me away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <Unintended>. and, <laughs> yeah, to- totally. And and it's it's, um, yeah. So there's definitely a lot of a lot of awareness around, um, yeah. healing and. And I want to say like natural laws, even through growing up, obviously I wasn't taught that, but I was immersed in it. It yeah. was in the peripheral vision. I love that. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. I know. I'm just thinking too, like I, it's, it's kind of cool because I'm only more recently, very recently, I would say uh, this year, like starting to uncover mm. more and more of like is this stuff like in my lineage? And I feel like it usually is, you know, that's typical. (laughs) So it shouldn't be surprising, but I don't know if like, so both of my grandmothers, my mom and dad's mom were Buddhist. Um, My dad's mom probably is, was more of a practicing, you know, um, I I have all these memories of her just like doing all these Buddhist practices and like um, burning incense all the time. That's like, it's a smell that I like deeply associate with her, (laughs) you know, like as soon as you that scent, it's just like her. Um, But it's so interesting because in the first part of my journey, I would say when I first started like getting quote initiated into this stuff, like I didn't know what was happening, but (laughs) I had so many like profound spiritual or sort of transcendent experiences through like my first acupuncture Reiki session, my first breath work, Mm -hmm. um, it was my mom's mom, grandmother, who came through every time. It was like she was with me every step of the way through all of that, um, through that initiation period, I feel like. And she was like the first, I don't know, in a way, the first spirit, I guess, that I communicated with because it was like during those acupuncture breathwork sessions where I was just releasing a ton and like sobbing a ton that she came through and um and she had passed like not too long i would say before that like maybe a few years um wow. prior to that and i just i told you this in our first conversation but i remember in the acupuncture session um i just i started just sobbing like all this release and i just kept hearing like it's okay you're home now like you're safe now you're home now you're home now just over and over and over and i just like knew it was her like she was just present the whole time um and then my first breathwork session too was where she she came through with just all these messages for my mother like for me to pass on to my mom um and one interesting tidbit around that because I think this is so relevant for like like our culture I feel like a lot of people will relate to this her message that she really wanted me to pass on was like tell your mom that um that I'm sorry that the only way I knew how to love her was to criticize her And I was like, oh, like, (laughs) I know I'm getting really emotional now, but like the crazy thing is, you know, I did end up passing it on to my mom. And I think in a way it was amazing because it, it gave her a lot of closure that I think she definitely needed. Um, 
she had a lot of guilt toward the end towards the end of her life because you know like we all are with our moms <laughs> we get impatient we get you know whatever and she just always felt like like oh, i just like could have been much nicer to her i could have been like much more patient and just better with her um and so it did give her some of that closure but then when i shared that message she was kind of like it was interesting to me that it wasn't even that conscious for her like she kind of she was like she was like yeah you know i guess she did but like it wasn't even that like she wasn't consciously aware i think of how much maybe my grandmother did that but i know that she must have because my mom does it to me all the time and it was it was a major thing that i was battling through too at that time with my mother like i was really struggling with that it was a big wound yeah. that i felt like she would only criticize and then so it's like it gave me this deeper understanding of like oh this is where it comes from right that i know now like how passed down this stuff is um and that she couldn't help it because that's all she knew because that's that's what you know that's what happened with her and it just it gave me a much deeper like felt understanding of that you know um but i knew that my my grandmother must have done that because just in observing her behaviors like <laughs> She would. It's like we know that culturally, too. It's like it's almost like how we show we care, you know, it's like, oh, kind of nitpicking it, like how you could be better, how you could do this better. And like and she would do it a lot to everybody, like waiters in the restaurant. I remember she would have to tell them like, oh, you know, thanks for the but like the rice today, like really could have been like <laughs> I remember she would always point it out and I would always just be like, eh, like, maybe don't say that. But she would have to tell them every time, like, you know, this could be a little crispier. This was a little dry today. Like, <laughs> So it wouldn't shock me at all. I'm like, she must have done that to my mother. you know. <laughs> but it's like my mom, I think these things are so like buried, I think, in subconscious that like sometimes we don't even realize that it's happening. Um, but anyway, that was, yeah, that was a really long winded <laughs> story I just went into no no I love that I love that you shared that because um I can so relate to that too you know all my life I was you know this like super sensitive child that spent a lot of time alone um there was a period of time I think I was like not allowed to have friends and I couldn't tell people where I lived I couldn't tell people what my phone number was and it was just like okay you're just oh, isolated no. you just play by yourself and read your books and have your imagination and and, you know, I'm so grateful for that. I was resentful for that for, for so long. Yeah. But now I look back and when that was exactly the space I needed because that's the space I hold now for myself. Wow. Of needing so much time alone. And and it's very fascinating to, to like even talk about this, you know, this, this level of criticism that comes up in, you know, specifically in an Asian culture. I mean, I can only speak from my own culture and my upbringing. I can't speak for anyone else. Um but being a being a you know a young girl and and having that that culture influence it's it's and i'm keen to hear your your relationship with it but with with the criticism in in that i on, the only way i know how to show love is to criticize at the same time we receive it as criticism at the same time it's also feedback it's feedback as a as a it's a it's a it's a growth um challenge every single time because in order to criticize someone you've got to pay attention to what's actually happening to begin with that's true too you need it to identify witnessing 
It's a yes, form of it's like I have, I, I received that you are wearing a pink dress and I'm going to tell you that you should, you look better in purple. Pink yeah, doesn't suit yeah. you, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and in so many ways, when I look back on my journey, it's like, wow, they've really shaped me to have the courage to stand up for myself now because, you know, not in the most pleasant way. Again, they don't know what they don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And we never know, you know, what negative influences we're putting out in the world at every, yeah. you know, every moment, right? Because there's always the dark and the light. But but it's it's like I'm so grateful now. I found so much closure and so much healing in recognizing that I chose my parents and they were so harsh with me. Had they been all cotton wool and we love you and and you know, just stroked my hair and let me do everything that I wanted. I'm not sure if that fighter warrior spirit would would blossom and continue to blossom. Wow. Oh, I love that so much. I think that's such a beautiful like reflection and also perspective on it. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I wish I had such an evolved perspective on that. <laughs> this part of me is like, oh, wow. I hadn't really thought of it that way. I was still like you know, kind of angry about, about that piece of it. I think because maybe it's also because again, being American and growing up here, it's so opposite of the, like, you know, growing up and seeing all my friends in America, like they just, their parents were constantly just like praising, praising, you know, and I agree. There's definitely can be too much of that, you know, on the other end of the spectrum. Um, but I think I just always wished for more of a balance, you know, <laughs> it's like, why does it all always to me, it felt like it always ended up on the negative side. It was all, it's like, why don't you ever point out what's good though? <laughs> you know, like, can't we also notice and witness, you know, that's yeah. like, um, but yeah, I just, so I love, I love actually that you shared that perspective because it is eye opening. Like it's expansive for me too. Um, and, you know, of course, deep down, there's a part of me that is appreciative for it, that does know that it shaped me in many ways. Like, absolutely. I don't want to be like a entitled, like spoiled, like delusional person who just thinks I'm like amazing and everything and everything's like, you know, cotton candy. But, um, but yeah, I think that what you shared is a beautiful reminder for me um, because sometimes I can get caught in my feels of just like, <laughs> like, why did you criticize me so much? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And and you know, throughout my my journey, I can see you know I've had several different mentors that that have weaved in and out of of you know this this healing journey, and and I have seen that being played out through different um, through different women who mm. who have who you know I've invited into my life, or they just walked straight in and said I am your teacher now um where there has been that dynamic of you know why you know how 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 that anger and that resentment of you know how dare you tell me what I can and can't do oh wow how dare you tell me that I should be like this and shouldn't be like this and and at the time it was really hurtful and you know in some ways inappropriate and disempowering but when we step right back outside of our smaller self, our ego self, 
that gets caught and have that reaction, I can so see the the repetition of that. I'm like, okay, this is still playing out here. This is still playing out here where I've still succumbed myself, you know, to, to, to submit. There's a, there's a level of disempowerment. Speaking of balance, I love that you, you brought that up, but it's like, where's the balance? There wasn't a balance, but I kept attracting this in different scenarios. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's look at that. Let's really, really look at that. And, 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 and return this to sender. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. (laughs) I didn't love it at the time, but. (laughs) I know, right? Always in hindsight. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, I want to hear more about like different past lives Mm. in, in, in supporting in your remembrance journey, in supporting you to to discover and continue to discover who 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 you are and and or what influences your work mm. as as a woman now in twenty twenty two as a mother as a, yeah. as a as a wife yeah no that's a lot I know I'm like ooh, I know I've had a lot of past lives <laughs> mm. a lot a lot from oh my god tell me like they're like you're ancient I'm like okay <laughs> um. So, so there's that one that's definitely significant about Mm. being a concubine that I mentioned, like that's a big one. The other one that comes to mind, um, and I'm sure there might be others, maybe I'm not remembering right now, but the one that comes to Mm. mind is um, not necessarily related, you know, to like my heritage now or anything, but um, it's funny, I actually mentioned this, I think today in one of my stories, but uh, one big one that I cleared, I had, I needed help. I think clearing a lot of the trauma and like energy around this last year um, was something with the Orion Wars. I don't know if you've heard much about the Orion Wars. No. Um, It's like this big event, supposedly. Some people believe some people believe it's like still going on, (laughs) like a big cosmic event. I would say Mm -hmm. the Orion Wars between like many different whatever galaxies, civilizations, things like that. Um, I'm going way out there now, guys. Um, <laughs> okay, for, for, go for, there. Yeah, of course we're going there. But but for 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 the listeners, can you explain yeah. Orion? I mean, Orion. Obviously, you've probably heard of like a, the Orion's Belt and all of that. So it's just, um, yeah, it's it's literally that, like a whole other <laughs> yes. area of whatever the galaxy. But I think I honestly don't know a whole lot about the wars, other than like it is supposedly this huge cosmic event of like that involved like almost every uh whatever like civilization other planets other stars and galaxies um within here that like all just culminated in this giant war because obviously no one could agree on whatever it is I don't really know (laughs) the details Mm -hmm. but it resulted in this like war and I apparently was and the funny thing is when this came through I felt it so this is the only this is the only way that I feel like I know it's true, right? Is if you feel it other than that, like how, how can you really prove or know? But um, I apparently was some kind of leader, like, like a general or something like that, like as part of the Orion Wars. Um, and I've told I have a pretty deep connection with Orion. And um, I, I followed my intuition at some point and like made some call, <laughs> you know, to do something in the war. And it, 
clearly had big consequences and maybe did not go well, <laughs> you know, um, by my definition, like I think a lot of people died um, from it. And there was just this part of me that never forgave myself for it, that always felt like I made the wrong decision and the wrong call. And like, look what happened when I followed my gut, when I followed my, in my intuition, wow. <laughs> like look at the consequences from that. And it's been a huge part of me. I still work through it now, like me shying away from leadership in general. I always knew like leadership is written all over my charts. Like it's all over. And yet it's something I've struggled with my whole life where like, I always like get almost to the point or like people always want to appoint me to like lead something. And then I always like shy away from it. Or I'm always like, no, no, like I don't want that responsibility. And so it was a big part of something. It was, I had to clear like a lot of that energy in order to step into even doing this work, like the Akashic records and reading for other people. That was mm -hmm. a big thing that came up because I felt like it was too big of a responsibility that like, I didn't want to take on <laughs> because yeah. what if I say the wrong thing? What if it leads them down the wrong path? And also just, yeah, doing healing work in general, like it's a big responsibility. And if you care, if you really care, like you're going to, I think you're going to feel like that. It's, you know, you're going to have to know like the magnitude of this work that we're doing. It is important, you know? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that that the 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 burden of the responsibility, especially when we're first yeah. starting out as a practitioner, because it's, you know, on one hand, it's so beautiful that that there isn't, you know, such stringent certification. And we we talked a little bit about this when we had our conversation last last week, last week or the week before, um, around like it's not is not that regulated an industry. And, yeah. and, mm -hmm. and so there's, so it's, it's beautiful in that sense, but it's also, you know, it can be quite precarious. Yeah. yeah. You know, it someone is. who, who is going through or has gone through specific experiences in their lives. I'm not even going to use the word trauma, but when they've gone through certain experiences and, and, and this is where it's kind of like, you know, at what point is it divine timing? Because sometimes meeting and working with the quote-unquote wrong person is also actually part of the design part of what's meant yeah. to happen to excavate a certain aspect to show you to show you what not to do sometimes yeah yeah it's a learning <laughs> experience and right everything is but yeah there's just there's always going to be I think that sense of like or or that fear you know it is scary I think it's scary the first time you kind of step into this work if you're just somebody who cares, just like, just like motherhood, that's why it's always going to be scary because, because you give a shit, <laughs> you know, about like doing a decent job and not screwing some, another human being over in some way, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. 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 So you're a mother of two? Yes. Two boys, two little rowdy loving boys though they're so like sweet um yeah what they're eight and three but almost almost nine and four so five years apart yeah. yeah and when did your journey start did it start you know in terms of stepping more and more into the work that you are sharing with the world now when when did that start in in the timeline of motherhood 
Oh yeah. I can't remember. Did I share all of this with you last time? Um, oh my God. Share it okay. with the listeners. Even if you have shared, yeah. with, shared with me, share it with everyone else. Yeah. This is probably the story I share the most because it was just the most transformative for me. Um, but it's funny you asked that of course, because it was literally motherhood that cracked me open to all of this. Like that was when this journey began. Yeah. Um, I always describe it as like, if you want to call it the dark night of the soul, like it's basically a rock bottom, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I felt like I hit that when my son was about two, but frankly, it's because the entire two years leading up to that, like starting from his birth was a really challenging time. Um, for me, it was just, it was very rough as it is for a lot of mothers. I think I definitely, yes, was depressed and didn't know it at the time. Um, my husband also, also was dealing with his own depression at that, like, and neither of us really <laughs> understood, um, what we're going through. It's kind of just this thing of like, well, everybody says it's hard. Like it's the first time you don't really know, you know? Um, but I, it's, it's amazing because what changed the trajectory of all of that was this, a tarot reading that I had, it was like life-changing and it was this whole experience through motherhood that reconnected me to my spirituality. Um, because as a kid, I was always deeply spiritual. I was never quote religious, like my family never was really, but I was very spiritual. And I spent hours and hours in bookstores, like reading everything under the, everything in the new age section that I could get my hands on. Like I was interested in all of it. (laughs) Like you name it, I would read it. Um, Although funny enough, the one section I stood, I stayed away from, like I couldn't even touch it was the witchcraft Wicca section. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that, and, I always, and I always was like, why? I don't know why that's, that was the one thing where I was like, Ooh, that's too far. Like I can't, <laughs> but everything else. So I would, it was to the point too, where I would like have a stack of 10 of those books and like run into a different section and like put other books on top of it to like hide it. I always hit it. Um, didn't really know why, but now I do because of the whole witch wound thing. But I was like, no one can see me reading this stuff. So anyway, I, I was always into it and then kind of disconnected from all of that for like 10 years. Like, cause you know, that's what happens and you're like living life. Um, and then through motherhood, yeah, I was just struggling so much. I was so unhappy, like felt so miserable every day. And I was like, I had no peace of mind. It was just, it was bad. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And I started slowly getting the messages to just like allow myself to, to like dive into this stuff again, because I enjoyed it. It was always like my refuge. Like I really enjoyed it. It was like, it really was like feeding my soul, you know, it was so nurturing. Yeah. So I just started diving into books. I had this tarot reading. It was so positive. It was like talking all about how like I'm breaking through just like years and years of like calcified stuff and like everything was going to be like so amazing (laughs) afterward and so it was great and then I was kind of like like three months passed after that and I was like nothing has changed (laughs) like I I left there like oh yeah like everything is about to turn around like you know like before you go on this journey you just think like oh I'm just gonna like wait this out this period it's just just a bad phase (laughs) I don't have to do anything it's just gonna change itself (laughs) exactly I was like, I'm just going to wait because life's about to take a turn. (laughs) And I'm like waiting and waiting. And three months later, I was like, I just hit this moment where I was so miserable that I was like, I cannot fucking take one more second. I feel like I can't live another minute. 
in my head, I can't live like this. I don't have no idea what to change or what to do. I just know I can't do it anymore. And, and I got pissed. I remember because I was like, here I am three months later, nothing has changed. In fact, everything feels worse. (laughs) I was like, everything feels worse. (laughs) And I was like, she fucking lied to me. Like the universe lied to me. Everybody lied to me. Um, and I got so angry and like, you know, part of what I was dealing with those two years too, was like not being able to ask for help. Like, like what took all of my energy during that time was just trying to fake it, like trying to hold it together. And that was like a big part of what was making me miserable is that I couldn't even admit that I was like struggling in any way. So I couldn't ask for support or for help. Um, and then I finally did when I had that breakdown, I just like called friends and I was like, it was like the first time they were hearing in two years that I was like even unhappy. Um, yeah, like that's how, like, imagine how much it takes to like hold that together. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I feel you. Every, right. Like every fiber of your being, like every ounce of your energy is going towards like holding this facade together, you know? Um, and so I finally just like broke down and I was like, I can't do it. And then Soon after that, I think a couple weeks after that, I got the strong hit to go back and re-listen to the tarot reading. Um, actually, to two of them that I had. One was from like six months or a year before that, but I just for some reason I did. I did it in the bath, and it was just I don't know what it was, but like in listening to it, it was like a light switch flipped, or just like this like light bulb like came on, and I was just like, oh my god, like I get it. I just suddenly was, it was like a remembering. And I was like, I get it. Like, I get why I've been struggling so much. I get why I, I get everything. I understand why I'm living the life that I am and why I chose all of this. And like, um, and I think a big realization I had was like, what's making me miserable is that I'm, I've accepted that I just have to live by this like script of what everybody told me, like, parenthood needs to look like what motherhood is supposed to look like what being an adult is supposed to look like like just everything I I looked at our life and I was like everything in it like I don't see a trace of me or my husband in it like what we actually want what actually makes us happy we just like stayed in the secure you know he stayed in the secure job that he was miserable in because that's what you do because you've got to have a job and you got to have money and we lived in the nice neighborhood that like but that we hated and that we never felt at home in like it was just like all these things. And I'm like, none of this reflects us at all. It's like not, not what we want. And then I realized like, oh, we can actually choose. Like we have a choice. I was like, because we chose this, we just chose to do it because that's what everybody told us. But like, we can choose differently. You know, we can, we have, we have the power over all of this. Um, and it just like woke me up and I, and I felt really, and then I felt this like wave of gratitude wash over me. And also, especially for my, my baby, my kid, which was like, it was, it's really sad to say, but like those two years, I could barely feel like the joy, like the joy and all of that, that I would feel was so fleeting because Mm -hmm. all I could feel was like this like burden of responsibility and just like, oh, I just like have to do this and have to do that and hold it together. And, um, I couldn't be like present with him actually. And I couldn't enjoy any of it. And so I felt suddenly this gratitude for him where I was like, oh my God, I get it. Like you're a huge reason why I'm having this like awakening, this whole remembering, remembering Mm -hmm. my soul (laughs) and my spirit. And ever since that day, literally like my energy shifted so much with him, like towards him that I know he's a very sensitive empath, no surprise. Um, 
but he felt it like instantly. And I, I always say it cause it's like so unbelievable, but it was almost overnight that like, he was like a different child. Like, and honestly, up until that point, he, we were really struggling with like all of these things, like sensory, you know, sensory processing, like issues, like he technically was diagnosed as being on the spectrum. Okay. Um, so that was a big part of my struggle. And I didn't understand either. Like, why is everything so hard? Why, you know, <laughs> blaming myself. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying this is everyone's story by any means, but I know for him, like literally since that day, he just, he started like thriving, like developmentally, everything, it just shifted so much his energy that by five, when they, he got like reevaluated, I mean, he's just completely, they're like, I don't know. Like we don't, we don't see a sign of anything. Like he's just, he's thriving. Like he's doing great, whatever. Um, And so for me, it was like a whole transformation through my whole family. And like from me changing and realizing that like my husband saw, I saw the shift in him. He also realized like, Oh, I don't have to stay in this job. Like I can actually start doing what I love to do. Like it was a big transformation. Wow. That is so so powerful and you touch on so many things i'm like which way do we want to go first but the the strongest thing that came up was it felt it felt like i mean do, do you feel because you were so sensitive you were your your son was moving through a lot of his past life stuff within you know within his experience and and you you were picking up so much of that 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 um contributed to the confusion because he was also trying to figure out what have I just signed up for and which world am I living right now and I need to clear out my, I've got chills everywhere, like goosebumps on my face, but moving through, you know, all the things that, that wasn't going to be supportive for him. And so you got sucked into the auric field or the auric the experience of that clearing and of that cleansing and and in that process you also got the you know experience and and had to be up against the shifts that 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 you 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 went through in order to support him have you ever seen that that no i have never you're the first person ever to like to like see it that way to like even bring up that perspective and it's like I'm like wow I never that never even really occurred to me I think because I have always seen it as the other way around I just assumed that he was absorbing as children often do everything that I was moving through and it's probably it's interesting you bring that up because it's probably both and I've never thought about that like from his perspective of like yeah, it's probably true that a lot of young children like still are for the first years of their lives moving through <laughs> those things. And like, we really don't understand it. You know, it's hard to, I mean, you also can't communicate. So there's that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I never thought of it that way. And it's totally possible. I think, I think it's definitely like, maybe it's both, you know, cause I know I was moving through some shit <laughs> too. Um, that he probably also, you know, picked up on and was also helping me process too. And maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I was doing the same for him. But it's funny you say that because I do feel, I get the feeling I'll always have that he's such an old 
soul and in many ways like older than me he's always felt like a teacher he's 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 definitely a teacher for me like through many lifetimes um so that would make sense <laughs> yeah as, as soon as you even before you mentioned teacher I was like yeah he was a general of sorts like he knows he knows how to organize yeah. groups and he knows how to lead and it's so interesting wow. right because that's that's what you shared with the Orion Wars and 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 your relationship wow. with leadership and in so many ways it feels it feels like he through him moving through his past lives mm -hmm. required you to step up because in this life yeah. you're his mom yeah mm -hmm. and that's that's exactly the dy dynamic that it was and that's how I describe it is like I'm so grateful to him because he um it was because of him that I had to like I always think of it as like I had to I had to grow to meet him <laughs> that's always how it's felt like he challenged me to step up like I have to exactly I had to to be the mom that I knew I wanted to be to be the mom that I knew I could be that's really what it was like I think that's what was so heartbreaking to me was the whole first two years or so I was just like I don't I know she's in there somewhere <laughs> like that's how it felt I was just like she's in there somewhere I just I don't I'm so out of touch with her I, I'm so disconnected right now from my power my essence, like my everything. I just, I got to find her again. Um, and that's really what like he challenged me, I think, to do that. Yeah, totally. And, and to, you know, to break down all the, all the facades that, that we, you know, let alone being women, let alone being Asian um, of, of, because yeah. I was going to ask, you know, do you think that holding up the facade has got to do with a part, you know, like part of the heritage, because in, in at least the culture that I grew up, it was always like, no, 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 don't speak about that. Don't mm -hmm. share your secrets. Don't, you know, don't air the, I mean, the, even the term, like don't air your Chinese laundry. Um, wow. Right. Wow. And, yeah, and, it's, yeah. and it's all about like saving face. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because yes, at a hundred percent, that is a huge part of it. And it's a big, it's been a big part of my story because perfectionism is a big, <laughs> a big one that I'm constantly working through. And it's that whole like old thing of like, I have to hold it together and I have, I, I have to be perfect to be loved and accepted, you know? Um, and so I did, I struggled with that a lot during my upbringing, I would say like in my youth, always, always this like carefully curated image and facade, because that was how you survive, right? <laughs> Um, that's how you're successful. That's how you do well in life is like craft this perfect image of yourself and don't let on that you're even struggling. Um, so yeah, I think that was a huge part of it. And I will say, because all of the, I worked through a lot of this like heritage stuff in my, in the early part of my healing journey, like all connected to motherhood. No surprise that the first big wound that I worked through was the mother wound, yeah. <laughs> which we all have to some extent, right? Um, I, poor thing, it was a really rough, I would say, few years with my mom in those early years, because I wasn't even consciously aware, like, this is how buried and subconscious this stuff is, but I wasn't even aware that, like, I harbored any kind of, like, anger, resentment, like, anything towards her. Um, even when it, like, came up in my records at first, I was kind of like, or it would keep coming up, and, like, people would ask, and I'd be like, I don't know, like my mom was great, you know, <laughs> like, I had a great childhood, like 
yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm not mad at her about anything. And then like slowly these like memories, like these like core early memories would start creeping up where I was just like, oh, oh, (laughs) oh, I think that does upset me. Oh, I think I am. Like, I was actually angry about that and I couldn't like admit it to myself. And some of those things, so one of the things that I think this will be so relevant for so many people here, and you included as like a healer and a sensitive person and being in this culture, like one of the major things that came up through, and, and I actually think this is a big reason why my son got the diagnosis and all of that. It was a huge part of my journey. Um, when he got the diagnosis, we had already been struggling like so bad, as you know, for two plus years. Then that happened. That's a difficult thing for any parent to go through. Like we had no idea what the hell to, how to react, how to like, I don't know how to feel. It's like all these mixed feelings and it's scary too, right? All these things. And I just remember not to just like totally put my mom on blast here because she is a lovely human being, but (laughs) I'm only sharing this because, you know, I feel like these are deeply seated cultural things that a lot of us can relate to. And um, I only realized through that experience when I was feeling at my lowest and at like my most vulnerable, like I was just a very, you know, emotionally like rocky and unstable. There was just not an ounce of like compassion there because the first thing that came up was like, I got in a huge argument because I told my family members about it. Like literally my cousins who I'm close to, right. Family members, when they asked what's going on, of course I'm going to tell them. And my mom was literally like, Oh, she was like, maybe, I told like family members and like my closest friends. And she was like, maybe, you know, just don't tell people you shouldn't, maybe don't tell people about it, whatever. She kept telling me to like sweep it under the rug and not say anything. And I was like, why would I not tell like my closest friends and family? (laughs) Like what, like what we're, what we're going through. And I was, and the whole time I was like, well, the only reason I wouldn't tell anyone is if I was ashamed about it in some way. And I was like, I don't see any shame. I'm not ashamed <laughs> of him or like this, you know, I was like, there's nothing wrong with it. And I just, I blew up when she was telling me to like, not say anything. Cause I, and then, and I blew up. And then as I was, when we got in these screaming arguments over it, wow. she started yelling. She was like, you know, she's like, that's always been your problem. You're too sensitive. You're too sensitive. That's always been your issue. Like you need to work on that. She was like screaming it in my face. Whoa. And I had flashbacks. I suddenly had flashbacks of like, oh my God, I've been hearing that my whole life. And I like forgot. These are like, these must've been such early memories too. And like you block it out. Yes. <laughs> but I suddenly had, and I was like, Oh no, like I remember now I've been hearing this over and over and over again, my whole life that like, you're too sensitive. You need to work on that. Like you should fix that. Like, you're just going to get, you're going to get so hurt in this world. You know, it's like, of course they think it's a protective thing (laughs) of like, you need to toughen up because you're too soft for this world. And like, you're going to get, you're, you're just going to be the one that's hurt over and over. Right. If you're too sensitive. Um, And that was a huge moment for me where I suddenly, Oh, I was like, okay, I remember this now. And now I remember why I suppressed all of my feelings <laughs> my whole life. Yeah. I rem- I remembered as a kid, like crying easily and being very sensitive and then, re- and then realizing like, huh, that's really strange. How come my entire adulthood, like, I'm like not emotional anymore. Like, like I'm always mm-hmm. almost like stoic and it's more like, but then I was always like, well, I know that it's just, it's just in front of other people that it's that way. Cause I'm not actually, when I'm by myself, I cry very easily. <laughs> <laughs> like mm. I'll cry at like dumb things or I'll watch a movie and start crying and be like, Oh my God, why am I crying? 
But if there's one other person there, it's like I couldn't. Like I just completely shut off and shut down and I couldn't even feel anything. I would just like numb numb myself if somebody was around because I was like, don't cry. Like don't show any emotion. Um, And so I knew where all of that came from finally. And then I was like, it was a big part of this journey was me reclaiming my sensitivity as like a superpower, right? Like learn, I was like, oh, like now I understand why I can even do this work. (laughs) You know, it's required. It's a requirement to be sensitive. And I can be such a powerful gift as we know now, but I had always been taught that that was a weakness as so many of us have, which you talked about, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly and 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 it's you know it's it's like bumping up against it's not safe to be me yeah. and cons- consistently have that reinforced in our faces you know yeah. not only by by our peers and by our society by but also by specifically f- by our families mm-hmm. that it's not safe to be you and like how how I'm going to use the word like how damaging was that and at yeah. the same at the same time isn't that so um synchronous that that then becomes our you know the core of our work that we help people oh, to yeah. to feel safe to be them mm. and i and i love yeah. I, I love what you what you um you have so many questions as well so i'm like okay let's just you know Yes. One step at a time. One step at a time. This is not a marathon. Yeah. You know, we're not running to the finish line here. Um, like, uh, yeah, and 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 to suppress the 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 f- allowing ourselves to feel, and that you know connects back to that facade as well, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, yeah. no, no, don't show your vulnerability, and that yeah. that is a weakness. And I want to like circle back to what you said at the beginning of the conversation about like being a woman is a weakness. Mm-hmm. And and it's so fascinating. I mean, uh, we can go so many different places with this. But when you said that, um, and I don't remember the specific statistic, but in like through Kundalini teachings and the lineage of of that practice of that tradition, um, they say that it's so many hundred thousand incarnations to get a woman. Really? So we are the I've result of a large number of lifetimes. You know, it takes so many what? different incarnations to, to really? yeah, to become a woman and how much of a privilege that is. And that was the first oh. time also that that was, you know, brought to my awareness of like, wow, this is such a gift. I'm going to do something that that was the fuel for me, at least, you know, at the first, um. I guess, formative years post certain return when I first started, you know, doing a lot of my, you know, have had my similar rock bottom well, not similar because I'm not a mother, but yeah, I had my Saturn return rock bottom moments um, to to go, whoa, that's that's such a responsibility, but that's such also such a privilege. And so I'm going to make the wow. most of this. You just blew my mind with that because I've never, I never heard that. And it's so the opposite, right? Like you said of like how, what I, what my misperception <laughs> Or not what? just yours, many people, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Wow. Oh, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. I hope the first part of our conversation moved and expanded you as much as it did for me, for us to share. So after our conversation, of course, I went had to go looking for 
the quote or the teaching. And I did, I found it in the book, I Am Woman, Creative, Sacred and Invincible. And it says, the soul goes through 8.4 million incarnations to become a human. 125 supplementary souls are meant to create one elementary soul. In the human domain, you have to become an elementary soul. Out of the elementary soul, a rare soul becomes a woman. So there we have it. I hope you enjoyed the first part of our conversation and stay tuned for the second part to be released in the coming weeks. If any part touched you as much as it did for us, please do connect with us and share your takeaways. All the ways to connect with both Ruby and myself are linked below in the show notes, including our upcoming offerings. Do screenshot and share our conversation with your community and don't forget to tag us. All right, have such a beautiful week ahead. Enjoy the expansive energy from the full moon and I'll see you all next week.